0: Welcome to the Leadership Unscripted Podcast presented by Hiring Strategies. The Leadership Unscripted Podcast is your go-to source for all things people management oriented. In each episode, we discuss industry trends, problems, and more importantly, offer solutions. We are so happy you
1: could join us.
0: Thanks for being here. Uh, My name is Kim Lafson, and I am with Hiring Strategies. Um, I am a workforce strategist. I wanna help organizations make sure that that relationship between employer and employee is a transformational one, so that both sides are um, getting what they need. Uh, Organizations are being successful and employees are being successful. So that really does have to be a relationship. I'm also here with my colleague and dear friend, Tatiana, Thanks for joining me, Tatiana, this morning. We want to talk about, yeah. I'm going to let you introduce yourself first. Sure. So go ahead and talk a little bit about you.
1: Yeah, um, i Tatiana St. Germain. My company is Great People Management. Uh, we offer talent management consulting services and executive coaching, uh, which I love. And I love helping organizations build, I love my job culture, um, which is extremely critical these days. And... I'm happy to be on this uh, live event. I've never participated in one. Um, so bear with us. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. New for both of us. Great, right, great. Right. So uh, we'll, we'll
0: see how the technology works and we'll just work out the bugs as we go along. So um, I thought I wanted to start out by saying, you know, the reason that you and I had or had the idea of doing this was because we were talking about what's happening in the world regarding leadership development right now. And we're starting to see pickup in people developing um, their leaders, whether they're high potentials or they're already executives. And so we did a quick little survey um, to find out, you know, what was the biggest, what is the biggest pain point right now? Why are they making an investment in leadership development? And according to that poll, the number one concern right now is retaining high potentials and leaders in their organizations. And we're not surprised by that at all. Um, I think you 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 and I see this on a daily basis, especially right now in this culture of the great resignation, we're seeing lots of executives and leaders retire early. Um, go take another position, maybe sometimes with a little less responsibility. I actually have that happening in my household right now. My husband stepped back from an executive role um, so that he could be in the trenches because that's what he loved to do. Um, so it's happening to us personally, as well as um, seeing it yes. happen in the workplace. Um, but In that process, we've also asked people, um, why are they quitting? And 52% of people say that the company could have done something to prevent them from leaving. And the turnover studies are showing that people at every level want to be valued, appreciated and developed. And they're looking for opportunities for growth. You know, this flakiness that we're seeing in um, the younger generations is really more about watching out for themselves and wanting to grow and and gain new skills and be in a place where they enjoy working. So today we want to talk about what can we do to attract and retain high potential employees and leaders. And this is an open Q&A session. Feel free to drop your questions in the comment section below, and we're going to answer as many of those as we can this morning in the one hour that we're here. And when Tatiana and I get started talking, we might not stop. So (laughs) please, um, please interrupt us with those questions. So Tatiana, I thought I'd start off with um, one question that we got from the poll, which was, How do you provide development for someone who does not believe that they need it? You and I have both seen and experienced that.
1: Yeah, and it's always interesting to work with people, especially when it's a top leader in the organization and he or she feels that everybody else on their leadership team or in their management team, they're the ones who need development, but they themselves uh, they're cool, they don't need any development. So it's, it's always interesting to deal with that. Well, first of all, I wanna say that true behavioral transformation and new habits are formed when the, when the leader is fully committed to development. So it's easy to give up on those leaders who are like, well, I don't need any development. And you realize, well, yeah, I can't, I can't do miracles. Like as, as an executive coach, I always say, I'm a guide I can get you there. We can talk about strategies that can work for you, but I can't take the steps for you and I cannot perform miracles. So to some degree, um, a coach needs, or the the leader needs to be willing and accepting of the coaching uh, and of development and of the feedback. So um, what, what do we do? Well, one way is we can offer a measurement like a 360 tool uh, and that's often part of a leadership development process. So then it's not somebody telling the leader, hey, you need development. It's everybody telling the leader, "This, these are your gaps. All feedback is a gift. And that's where I start my conversations and leadership development and coaching conversations. Like let's measure where we are right now because you can't get to point B without knowing where you are. So let's measure who you are, your leadership DNA, and evaluate how people view you. Yeah, I
0: think it's really, you know, the first part of growth is Mm self-awareness. And if you're not aware of those gaps, and you're not aware of um, the challenges of of how people perceive you, um, then you can't, think that you need development, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I think you're right. It's doing those assessments to help people see, become self-aware of what those gaps are. And then, um, I want to add a piece to that. And that is part of it's in how you deliver the message, right? Rather than saying, Hey, you, we're going to send you to this training. Cause we, we think you need development. Well, that's going to go over like a lead balloon, <laughs> But if you say, "Hey, listen, we're we're gonna do this. We want to invest in you. We want to help you grow. If you grow, we're growing. This is about your development and our growth as an organization." That's couched a little bit different, and so and it's not manipulative. It's not um, uh, you're not lying because that's true. That's absolutely mm-hmm. the truth. And organization And so I think how employers state that and present the information is really really important. And then once you do know that once you've done the assessments and you do know those gaps, then people become self-aware and they can make the choice is this an area I want to grow in? then you can have a conversation about it. Do they want to grow or do they not want to grow? And if they don't want to grow, then that tells you something about that individual. And is that an individual that you want to remain in your organization or not? So I think that it's a lot in that discussion and having that discussion.
1: Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why I noticed such um, or increased interest in leadership development and executive coaching. More and more organizations are reaching out and posting about it. And so that's why in our conversation, we kind of uh, went and did that poll to figure out how everybody else felt. Why? Why are these investments are coming in? Um, is it because companies are just, you know, they have training dollars left in their budget, or is it truly the investments uh, that they realize they need to to make to keep their best people? Uh, and you're right, communication is absolutely key. For example, when we implement assessment tools like the 360s, especially. Um, which I'm happy if there's questions on on this, I'm happy to talk more about it. But when it's, I I can't tell you how many ways you can mess up a 360 process. And it starts with communication. If you do not, if if people are threatened by this feedback, then it's no longer a gift and people are not going to see it as a gift. So absolutely, I completely agree with you. So communication, communicating the intent, the purpose uh, behind this type of process And then once the feedback is received and the leader receives information about their blind spots which we all have blind spots, leadership or not, then what do you do with this information? And that's where I see just remarkably different responses. Some most people are kind of in the middle. They're like, well, yeah, okay, I can see that. And and then they go and make some improvements but then there's some extremes there I, I worked with uh, one one leader who was who received really difficult to process 360 feedback it was one of the worst 360s um, in my career of almost 20 years, and he was so blindsided, like it was a total blind spot for him. He was his reaction was he was humbled. He cried when he saw the results, and when we well, were going through the debrief. So it was amazing because it shouldn't be a surprise.
0: No feedback should be a surprise. I mean, it might be a surprise from your direct reports. It might be a surprise coming from your peers, but talk to me about that being a surprise from your boss.
1: It's. I don't think it should be. Well, but it is. People choose to see what they want to see. It's kind of, I experienced it myself. We have, we have like selective vision and so selective perception, if you will. You, you, you want to you see what you want to see. Like I was behind a car one time uh, driving down the highway and I'm like, this car doesn't have a license plate. Oh my God, they don't have a license plate. I can, I swear to you, I looked at the entire back of the car and I did not see a temporary or anything. It was... It was a different car make. And I didn't, anyway, the license plate was there because when I told, turned to my husband, I said, this car doesn't have a license plate. I was looking for in one place. I was only looking like subconsciously, I was focused to see it in one place and I didn't see it. And so I'm like, it's not there, but it was there. when he pointed it out, I'm like, oh my God, it is there. This kind of selective Vision or whatever it happens in all walks of life and in, in all respects, and especially when you're so focused as a leader on achieving results. And that particular leader was actually achieving tremendous results with his team, so he thought he was doing fantastically well, but he was mm-hmm. not connecting with people, he was not inspiring people, he was cracking mm-hmm. a whip. And so, mm-hmm. he thought that the way to do it, there were some cultural differences as well involved, and that's all he knew. He didn't know there was another way. People don't know what they don't know.
0: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. You're right. And I mean, if someone can say something off the cuff, like, hey, dude, that was kind of harsh and you go like, yeah, whatever, right? Like, and you blow it off. Um, but I've, I, one of my pet peeves is leaders who don't have those conversations directly with their people and pull them into a meeting and say, listen, this is a problem you need to know what's happening and what's going on. Yes, you're achieving these goals, but this is that you're creating a toxic work environment. So when we're not addressing those things as executive leaders with our managers and leaders below us, I I see that as a huge issue right now. Um, And another reason to invest in leadership development, right? What is a leader's role? What should they be doing? Is it all about task management? And, And maybe in your culture, it is. But then you have to be honest about that, and and I don't believe, frankly, that um, toxic environments produce good results. They probably produce results, maybe results that you're used to, and so you're okay with that. But I don't believe I believe there's more available, and so we have to we have to nix this toxic leader piece um, now. We need to and. I just see executives avoiding those conversations and not being willing to pull someone in. That, that isn't a, I guess my point is that isn't a conversation that you have walking through the lunchroom or passing them in the hallway, right? right. If, if they're getting that bad of feedback from their team, from their peers, from the people around them, from their customers, whoever it's coming from, somebody should have said something, right? Yes. Like pull them into yes. a meeting and say, hey, you can feel that tension. You mm-hmm. know when that's happening. So I find it sad that that individual was shocked by that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I can see being shocked by your direct reports because they're not going to tell you what they think about you um, mm-hmm. and your peers. I, I can see that. But there's no excuse from a leader to not have that conversation.
1: Yeah. But not everybody is, as you said, not everybody has the courage or the tools right. or the word all to, that's, I guess that's, that's what keeps my executive coaching practice going because I yeah. coach executives and having, and that's what
0: sorry, that's what we're here to talk about, right? Yeah. Um, we're here to talk about um, what, what? When do we know, when do we think we need leadership development? And I think there's times when we don't know we need it, right? Um, If you have a toxic culture, if you have things going on in your organization that um, are causing people to leave, exit interviews are important, um, then you probably need to work on leadership development at all levels in your organization.
1: I agree. And that's what I'm seeing through research. Time and time again, it's every single level, new organization. You want to have that growth mindset, uh, growing leaders, f- 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 like starting with receptionist the forklift lift driver, all the way to the executive level. Everybody's a leader in in life, or career, or business, and developing that and showing, investing in in that in culture, tools, strategies, training. Uh, growth opportunities for every employee that's a game changer this is best this is what best class companies do um, yeah. and, and just providing opportunities and then just in just in time feedback that you mentioned is also key um, uh, but and just to kind of finish the, to finish long-winded answer to your question about how do so what we receive the feedback how do we now coach? a leader who did, still doesn't believe the feedback, still doesn't because I had some of those too. So this was a positive outcome because this leader was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea, let's let's get to work. Then, then I had another leader, um, it's kind of the stereotypical German engineer. It was also one of the worst 360s that, that we received back and he refused to believe the feedback. So what do you do there? I had to, so this was a, a coaching challenge because he saw those blind spots um, as, well, that's just people's opinion. And yes, a 360 tool is a perception-based tool, but he kept saying, well, people are just stupid. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, finally, I just said that that may be, and you cannot control other people, and you cannot change you, but you can change what you do. So I had to find a way to appeal to what motivates him. And I think that to answer your question, even most resistant, most uh, kind of blind to their own, how they see themselves, leaders, can't, we can find ways to find what motivates them, and then it becomes their own. So for this German engineer, it was, do you still want to be effective, despite the fact that, okay, people are stupid? Fine. But do right. you want to be effective working with these people? Are you walking out? Well, yes, right. I want to be effective. Oh, okay, well, then let's get to work. So everybody has their motivation, what they want to achieve. And that's what we're going after.
0: Yeah. Okay, we do have a live question. So I wanna keep us moving here. Um, The question is what can we do to reshape, recalibrate criteria to become or, and remain senior leaders? For example, once someone has attained the title, they often feel entitled and immune, the pandemic, Lockdown, working from home, supply chain issues, the great resignation have all changed the game. And what we need from current leaders and the next leaders must include supporting and building a sense of engagement, belonging, collaboration, and wellness at work. Mm -hmm. Perhaps we need a new set of metrics or scorecard, which is used to earn the right to have the title of senior executive. Would love your thoughts. I'm gonna let you start that one.
1: Listen, I always, I immediately go to the growth mindset, Carol Dweck's book "Mindset," and it actually does have a scorecard. Of, I think I have. I had like a. Anyway, we can we can post it, somewhere, on our website. Yeah. Uh, but it has two mindsets, and you can use it as a scorecard or a metric card. Uh, people, static mindset or fixed mindset versus growth mindset, how they. Um, look at challenges, avoid challenges versus embracing challenges, how they look at obstacles, give up early, and you know that blame game, you notice it quickly. Like you don't even need an assessment. You can, all you have to do is go up against a challenge a couple of times with this leader, and you know if they have a growth mindset or not, persist in the face of obstacles. Um, Effort, growth, uh, how they handle failure. Um, Also, how they handle... Really, COVID was kind of a litmus test for a lot of leaders, because I experienced quite a few of them fall apart, pretty spectacularly, actually, because they're just, they're like a train that runs on tracks. They're always, you know, okay, tell me what I need to do, and I'll do it. And they don't do any more. And then the tracks were blown up. Well, then the train either stopped or derailed. And again, publicly and spectacularly. But those leaders who are creative, innovative, thinking outside of the box, and continuously looking to improve, to engage and have that infinite game in mind, invoking Simon Sinek's uh, latest book, uh, which I highly recommend. That's, those are the people that, that succeeded in leadership through COVID and uh, beyond. And they're not talking, I'm not talking about fake positivity. I'm talking about um, talking about what's possible. You have to be authentic. You have to be humble and truthful and transparent as far as you can take it. Of course, you can't share everything, but let's talk about what's possible. And that's inspiring.
0: Absolutely. I think part of the answer is looking at what is your purpose in your organization, right? What is it that you want to achieve? And then tying your new scorecard to that purpose. So, um, Uh. I know organizations that have, that measure their leaders based on turnover, numbers, based on um, what, how many of their leaders get promoted into other leadership roles. Um, you can start looking at things uh, about leadership. You know, does your team feel inspired? Um, you can look at engagement scores. All of that stuff uh, is going to help you grow your organization, which is the Purpose of a leader, right? It's about influence and growth and coaching and development. That's what a leader does. It's not about task management. That's management. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a very different role. Um, Not that managers are important, managers are important. And sometimes you have to do both inside uh, as a leader. You have to be a manager and a leader, but know when you have to do, um, when it's appropriate to do each one. And then um, coming up again with the metrics that are important for your outcomes. Uh, they can be very different for different organizations. And we, I'm happy to talk more about that if, long enough, if you'd like. Um, but, and maybe you can um, think of a few, Tatiana, but I'm thinking specifically about those turnover numbers. Or if the goal is to um, achieve uh I think the challenge is that most of our goals as organizations are very results, um, profit, yeah. driven, and we're not thinking about purpose. And so we tie everything to the achievement of those numbers and we've got to start to think bigger. We've got to think about are we, um, if you are uh, an admin assistant organization, a virtual assistant organization, well, what is your purpose of that? Is it to save your client's time? Is it to um, uh, facilitate um, the success of other organizations? That's more of the purpose of those kinds of organizations. So if that's the case, what are leaders doing to impact that? And mm-hmm. that is what you need to be measuring. Does that
1: make sense? Yeah, I agree with you. Purpose, why, or core values, as long as the core values are not just uh, pretty words on, and pretty font on a wall and everyone can recite them. Um, you know, a, a book, a Core Values Equation comes to mind, it actually walks you through how to build core values that are meaningful and purpose-driven, and then everybody works toward that goal. But you're right, the purpose, um, also shared destiny or shared fate is important. Um, I'm reminded of a story by a consultant who came into an, a company here locally, I'm in Wisconsin and uh, he was interviewing leaders and a few people selectively at different levels in the organization just to kind of get a sense of the culture um, and went into the into the warehouse there was a forklift driver and this is a company that builds incubators for babies for neonatal units for hospitals. so they build them and, and deliver them and so they save premature babies. Um, and the, the consultant asked the forklift driver, so, so sir, I see you're in the forklift, what, what do you do here? And he said, without skipping a beat, I'm saving babies. And I understand that not every organization has such a powerful purpose that everybody can get behind, it gives you goosebumps, but there is something that we all are in business to do we exist to do something, impact something that can give you goosebumps. And everyone should be able to see that vision across the board. And then the role of leaders is to inspire that, inspire, communicate that. Um, yeah, there, there's, there's really, you're right, so much that goes into it, to creating new metrics and scorecards. And I think it's, it's a combination of things, technology now, allows us to do, to collect just-in-time feedback. Remember, we did a demo of a, of a platform that does feedback and you can customize questions and you're continuously receiving feedback from employees, potentially about the leaders. So that's a people-focused approach. Then you have 360s, that le- leadership competencies. Maybe that those are the metrics you adopt and start using, like listening with an open mind. Um, being creative or or whatever, communicating effectively, Um, inspiring development of others. That could be a metric. So there is, so those are the tools. And then of course, yeah, core values and purpose. I think that's a good start.
0: The individual, whoever asked this question um, actually put some good ones in here. Engagement, measure engagement and belonging, measure collaboration, wellness at work, um, and you're absolutely right. We need that new scorecard. Um, we have to stop focusing. Leaders, managers can focus on tasks and the results. Leaders need to be focused on the people side of the business. Um, and I want to go back to something you said, Tatiana. You know, people think not every job is as glamorous as saving babies, right? Well, if you if you break that down, then they that is their purpose. Their purpose is saving babies. That's not what they do. What they do is they make incubators right? Mm -hmm. And so I think about organizations like sewer companies and the garbage, you know, people who collect our garbage. Um, They think that's not a glamorous role. That's not, no, but it's about sanitation and health. And so how can you create this overall purpose that speaks to, it's, it's easy to do. It's just sitting down and having the conversation and every job has that inspiring piece to it. So
1: yeah. yeah, and that's the difference between that finite game and infinite game. Yeah, you 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 build sewer, or do you keep people healthy? Do you right. build incubators, or do you save babies? Right,
0: right. It, there's a difference between what you do and why you're doing it. Right, that's yeah. exactly right. And leaders do have to inspire that. So how do we measure that? Um, okay, follow up question: What will it take to create? behavioral change amongst current senior leaders who are in a static or fixed mindset and who are operating in a corporate culture that has not evolved isn't quote unquote woke. To circle back to what Tatiana said, find what motivates them. So there could be a bonus money for those who embrace the authentic leadership. Tra- could there be bonus money for those who embrace authentic leadership traits? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, that's creating that new scorecard, right? Um, how do we, how do we encourage people to have that growth mindset? I'm gonna let you answer that or what? Yeah, your pick on
1: that? See, money, money is always nice. Um, what's nicer is what money can buy. So again, even when we incentivize using dollars, there's something behind the dollars. Maybe we can go there, but money. I always look at it as. It's transactional. You know, we've during these past three years, we've seen so many people resign and there's turnover despite what bonuses we offer people. So that proved that money does not entice people to change, does not entice people to stay. Uh, It can in some situations. So maybe it's a combination of things. Um, I have heard a leader talk to me about how they incentivize people. And they 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 set up this incremental. They they base it on skill, um, and I think it was actually an interview with Patrick Clancioni. He said that that's what they do. It's not a promotion that they get, or like they get uh, so much money or whatever. It's show me that you acquired this skill, and it's a it's a skill like something that's measurable, and. Then, then there's going to be some kind of reward. Mm-hmm. And that's how, that's how they're able to, to do that. So instead of, it's not, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's not like a promotion. I thought it was an interesting way to engage people into continuous learning and building that culture of continuous learning and um, yeah. building the skill set. <clears throat> for sure.
0: And especially for the newer generations, because that's really what they're looking for they're turning down jobs that have more money for the opportunity to grow and learn. So I love that you're giving them something that they can take away. It's that, that's not, the money's gonna be gone in a month, a year, whatever. The, that skill is never going away. That, that investment in that employee is never going away. And so it's talking about that. Again, creating a culture that uh, has a growth mindset is the key there. And I love that that idea, Tatiana. I can give you a specific example. Um, I have received bonuses over the years, but you wanna know the one that made the biggest impact on me was um, my boss knew that I want, this was back, this was pre-kids for me um, in my second or third job, I think. And it uh, didn't have a lot of money, wasn't making a lot of money back then. And um, I really wanted to go to my brother's graduation uh, from the Coast Guard boot camp. And it was on the East Coast. and I just didn't have money to buy a ticket. And he heard me talking about it with someone else. And the next thing I came in the next morning, and there was an airplane ticket on my desk and gave me the time off to go. That was such an impactful, Bonus for me because mm-hmm. he saw me. He knew what it was that I wanted and needed, and he provided that. That's the kind of investment we have to make in our people. That's what's going to create, I think, behavioral change because now I see you're investing in me as an individual, and I want to stay here and be a part of that. And how can I give back? To you, what else can I do for you because you're investing in me? It creates a, a reciprocal, loyal relationship. And we've gotten away with that with the transactional money piece. I give yeah. you do work, I give you pay. Not, nobody's transforming there. We're just checking tasks off of a list. Um, yeah. So it, 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 it takes... Developing leaders and sending them to leadership development programs like ours, like Leap, where we're where we are um, teaching leaders what it means to be a leader and having them develop their own um, mission, vision, and purpose for their own leadership for themselves. What does being a leader mean to me? And um, giving them the tools that they need to create that. So when they go back to the workplace, they're able to implement those things. And a lot of that is about growth mindset. It is about coaching and developing their teams. Um, so a lot of creating that culture is investing in leadership development in your organizations.
1: Yeah, and actually, you, it's a thank you for bringing up LEAP Program Leadership Acceleration Training Program. This could be a reward instead of dollars. That's a reward. You have to qualify for something like that. I have clients who um, have their internal aspiring leadership kind of academy or aspiring leader program, and they use assessments to identify uh, potential um, or individuals with those potential skills and behavioral traits that, that they're looking for in leadership. Um, and then they have to go through certain things and acquire certain skills and show growth mindset to qualify then to be included in, into that program, into a training program. And then they're sent to a program and they get, they get all this learning. And some people like to be like certified. Okay, that's a plaque on the wall. For other people, it's the learning itself. So the development program itself can be a reward and a bonus for showing a growth mindset. And I think this question kind of segues into a question we often get about how to make that behavioral change happen, first of all, and then stick. Because so many leadership development programs are just an event. Oh, that's nice. Like to my last earlier point, well, maybe we had some training dollars left in the budget. So let's, let's hire a consultant. Let's do this fun thing and learn about each other and learn about our strengths and weaknesses. And then everybody gets a development plan. That development plan goes right into the drawer and never sees the the light of day and nothing happens with it. And that's why it's important to select the tools that give you actionable items to work on. And then to secure that behavioral transformation, I highly recommend coaching whether it's internal mentors and coaches, accountability partners, or even in many instances, it's preferable, especially if it's a static cultures, toxic mindset or static mindset or silos. Um, it helps to have a third party to come in and do the coaching and work with people. And, and I recommend a minimum six to nine months, minimum, because it take you know how long it took those leaders to acquire those bad skills. It's not going to be a magic wand like oh leadership program one week. Um, it it can take no. years to undo things. Right? And it's important that
0: those processes, that coaching, that development, the leadership development program you're sending them to, is application based, mm-hmm. meaning they're going and having to apply what they've learned from each session. At work. Um, That's the key because if they're not applying it, then they go to the class, they go for a week, a month, whatever, um, a day. I love the ones that are like two hours. (laughs) What are you going to get from that? Uh, But you put it on a shelf and then you don't do anything with it. So there has to be some accountability in those development programs to apply and use what you've learned um, every time you go to the session. That those are the ones where things are going to stick. So look for those sorts of um, programs. So you can create to answer that last question. You can create behavioral change by finding the right kind of leadership development and coaching um, for your organization.
1: Or let's face it, at some point you realize you you just can't can't create behavioral change in everybody. There's some people who are going to resist, especially with Ever-evolving workplace that we're in right now, so many generations mixed in—it's like kind of uncharted territory. So what we may find out is that there's just some people who are not cut out to be in leadership. And I'm sorry, but if you want to, to survive and thrive and be competitive, this may not be that leadership—the leadership team that takes you into the future. And it takes a lot of courage, um, you know, to restructure or to, to sort of. Co- help certain people off the bus and bring in new people and then by bringing in new people you might impact the culture in a way that it helps others deselect kind of change Uh, in fact a quick story Uh, we used a pxt select assessment with uh, credit unions and this was um, an interesting study because it was years ago Back, way back, credit unions didn't feel that they needed to compete with commercial banking, and then they found that they had to, and it was after that, the 2008, 2009, and so they had to change their culture, and we did a study of all of their leaders, we found what is, and then they needed to be, become purposeful uh, in their selection process. As they were bringing in new people, they saw what did not work. So they needed to bring in leaders that were different from their existing leaders. And over time, those old minds, that old mindsetted people, um, they just left. They just disappeared. Yeah. And But yeah. it took that step to, to measure yeah. what you have, what's working, what's serving you, what's not serving you. And then you make a plan for what is going to take you to the next level.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: certainly, this
0: kind of change does not happen overnight. But I think the key for organizations is to start thinking about it and looking at it and assessing it in your um, in your environment, in your culture. Where are you at versus where do you want to be? Um, and then work, setting a plan and working a plan to get to that point. Um, and sometimes that means evaluating what you currently have. Um, like you said, what what it what is right now? Where are we right now? And, how do we get to that next step so and
1: i actually yeah. love the challenge of working with kind of these dis- dysfunctional teams because when they when i do a team workshop and just they're thinking oh it's a presentation she's going to come and present our team results well no my point is to get them to talk but they're not talking because they, they all have some something against each other and um they don't want to change or learn or actually take steps frankly they don't often like to be measured because when you measure something, now you have to do something about it. So that's why many organizations, static mindset organizations don't like to measure anything. They kind of kick push back on that. And um, yeah, but once you measure it, it already starts to move things in the right direction. And I, I love that because then I'm like, okay, people, you're not talking. So what's going on? And okay. we take step-by-step step and draw everybody out and create a safer environment them to talk and they realize actually it's not that scary no change I know everybody says change is scary well yeah but it doesn't have to be it's not right. that scary when you have the right tools and support and partners um we can we can all do it together
0: well and part of this too is it is scary and it's uncomfortable and it creates conflict right but there those go. three things
1: It's uncomfortable, but not, it doesn't have to be scary, but it is uncomfortable. There you go. That's better. (laughs) It's everybody's definition of that,
0: right? Like they have their own definition.
1: And I think the key to all
0: three of those words is avoidance. They're avoiding the uncomfortable. They're avoiding scary. They're avoiding conflict. When the idea is we have to, as leaders, we have to push people towards those things because it's about growth. It's about um, getting uncomfortable so that we can expand our thought, expand our perspective, expand um, our own world of comfort. Right? You don't get you don't get uncomfortable by avoiding being uncomfortable. You get uncomfortable by getting comfortable with it, mm-hmm. and so um, part of leadership development is teaching people how to do that. And that is how you eliminate the toxic culture. It's about being honest with each other and open with each other and professional with each other and hitting addressing that conflict head on uh, rather than avoiding it. And organizations that do that, you're, that's where you're gonna start to see behavioral change because they'll see that it's a safe space to do that, to have those hard, difficult conversations but we can come out of it and still be coworkers and still get along and still be successful. And wow, I grew in that too. I didn't realize that I needed to grow, right? You don't, you don't change behavior by doing the same thing over and over and over again. You change behavior by getting uncomfortable. Cognitive behavioral change, you ask any therapist, any psychologist, any person who's been through cognitive behavioral change, and they will not tell you that it's fun or that it's easy. (laughs) But it's necessary. It's necessary. And this is a, a lower level of that. It's about saying, okay, I need to get uncomfortable for growth and for opportunity. And we can do that in a safe space.
1: Yeah, and I'm absolutely fascinated by people because that change is so personal to everyone. Some people literally could could attend a training, take that in, and or get that feedback from assessments or 360 feedback, and they they it it completely transforms what they do. And other people really need to find themselves. They need help, and that's that's where I always recommend for those, especially the toughest nuts to crack. do do try the executive coaching Um, because it's often not what's on the surface that's preventing them. It's not the lack of knowledge that prevents leaders from achieving results they want. It's something on the inside. So, and I'm not saying that's not the therapy, but there's barriers that they have inside of them that prevents them from going into that uncomfortable.
0: Well, and I think it also helps when you create a culture of development, Right. Um, if we do leadership development on all levels in our organization, then nobody's being targeted, right? It's not a, and that's another conversation I want to have. It's not that you're saying, hey, you need to fix this, which you might have to have that conversation too, but you're saying, hey, we're doing assessments on all of our leadership and all of our high potentials and maybe even all of our frontline employees, because guess what? Leadership isn't about direct, direct reports, it's about influence. So we want even our frontline to have influence, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but I think if you're creating that culture, then everybody has 360s, everybody gets feedback. It's a safe space. I feel okay having those conversations with you and providing you with that feedback. Um, now you've just changed behavior. Now you're you're creating that culture of open conversation um, and, and safety. Uh, so I think that's really important. But one other point that I want to make really quick before we go on to another question. One other point I want to make is the development conversation and the performance review conversation are two separate conversations. Yeah. They should not be your performance review. If you're doing performance reviews, that is not the time for I'm going to coach and develop you, that is the time for feedback. Here is the feedback I'm giving you because of this, you're getting this raise or this promotion or whatever. This is the feedback um, on how you hit those objectives, of how you hit that scorecard. That's all that conversation is. The development conversation comes six months later about, okay, because we didn't hit those or because we did hit those, here's the next growth opportunity how are we going to coach and develop you around those things that you did or did not miss? uh, miss.
1: That's a huge distinction and it's a big pitfall with development because it's. some people think it's synonymous, interchangeable with with, um, annual review. Annual review is when you start to mess with people's money. And if you have that, if you're mixing the two, then nobody's gonna be developed.
0: (laughs) Right, right, absolutely. And we have a- Okay, so I think it's more of an idea, which isn't a bad one. Um, what if we also tried to influence major media, which leaders value where they want to be seen and have them create the equivalents to Time Magazine Person of the Year for the next leaders? And even better, let's get the World Economic Forum to have a panel which features those who epitomize being a next leader. Those are all fantastic ideas, and I would love to see that happen. I think what I run up against, or it's not that it's not possible, you have to have the right person who has those contacts and has that voice um, to be heard, absolutely touting that. And we're seeing more of it, honestly. Patrick Lencioni, Simon Sinek, um, there's so many people out there right now talking about this shift. The pendulum is swinging. Right, It's going from, we went in the 80s, it was Jack Welch that made the change and we went the other direction to um, management by objectives, right? Management by the mm-hmm. numbers. And now we're starting to see it swing back to, wait a minute, we're missing something here. Um, because we've hit a critical point and the critical point is our employees are saying, not happening anymore, we're done. We're not taking it anymore. Because of the economics, because the economics have shifted, and there are literally more jobs available than there are people, they have control. And that's why the the great resignation is happening. And because of that, they're saying we're not tolerating that anymore. We want, we're demanding more from our uh, employers. And so um, we're starting to see that pendulum swing and more and more people are speaking up, but that's a great idea But I personally, me personally, I'm not the person for the big stage. (laughs) I want to affect it on a small level, right? The more we do small and we push that out, um, the more it will grow and we'll see big change come. But it's not a bad idea if someone has that influence and that voice. Yeah,
1: I think influence is key here. And people like Simon Sinek, his infinite game is to influence leaders, to influence other leaders. So his, his goal is not to end up on the cover, but it's to create content that is going to inspire um, or inspire, I misquoted him, not influence, but inspire. He wants to inspire leaders to inspire others. Um, and, you know, Brene Brown it comes to mind. I mean, it's all, there's, there's no shortage of leaders who you might wanna look up to. The only concern I have on like a one-on-one coaching level when I work with people, what the, what I notice is that bar is set so high when they look up to people or when they read a self-help help or leadership book. And they're like, oh my gosh, look at this person. They could do this. I am worthless. And it's it's not about even about self-esteem or imposter syndrome, which a lot of leaders have. It's, it's about comparing yourself to those people that you see on the covers in the news and TED Talks and in books. Typically, when we compare ourselves to other people, we don't compare our best self to their best self. We compare their best self to our worst self. And it's not being kind to yourself. It is contrary to development and to coaching and to behavioral transformation. Because it becomes kind of like I'm just swimming against the current. I can never achieve this and all the other things that people tell ourselves. We always tell ourselves stories. So it's it's okay to have kind of an icon and inspiration and have all these strategies and other things, but I think it boils down to this one-on-one, like your boss knowing that you needed to go, you wanted to, to go to and bought you that ticket. It's that that's what matters. Not whether or not your boss ended up on the cover.
0: (laughs) Right. Because then it inspires me to want to do the same thing. Look for those sorts of things, those moments, those, that impact. I think what this is getting at though, and, and I, and I understand is it it kind of goes back to creating that new scorecard, right? It's Mm -hmm. right now in the business world, the people that get recognized are the people who achieve you know, it's the Elon Musks and the Bill Gates and the, you know, the, the, the Jeff Bezos who are accomplishing these huge mammoth results driven outcomes. Right. But when you talk to the people who work for those people, (laughs) they're not generally very happy. And so, um, yes, they're achieving those things, but they're leaving a huge wake in the process. Um, and we'll see how long those empires last because empires rise and empires fall, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll see how long those last, but I think you're right. It's a combination of the two. It's changing the scorecard so that we as a society are recognizing those things that are valuable to employees—the cultures, the engagement, the leaders that um, are personable and c- collaborate. I think um, whoever wrote that last one of that questions, they 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 really listed them all off for us. You know, supporting and building a sense of engagement, belonging, collaboration, wellness at work. How do we measure those things? And there are ways to measure those things. Um, so once we start doing that, then I think. We will find that someone rises to the top, and there will be this new scorecard, this new um, time leader of the year, right? Because they were able to achieve things. Their people were able to achieve things that helps the organization achieve things. And um, I think employees we will nominate.
1: Yeah. For, right. You know, exactly. Small business leadership right. achievement. We, we have something like this local here association for corporate growth. There's a leadership award luncheon that I just attended. So a CEO of a company was awarded that it was a leadership growth award. So yeah, and, and I would say it's it's not a, a, you don't have to go after all of this, this big concept of leadership development all at once because it can get overwhelming. I believe in the tiny habits, it's a book, tiny habits So start small. You don't wanna stir the ocean. You wanna throw a pebble. You don't wanna impact, get on the cover. You wanna impact people who who are working with you right now um, and start small. And there is hope, there's tools. There's wisdom that you can tap into in the consulting world, in the coaching world that can help you. Um, And yeah, it's pretty practical. It's not just a theory notion it's something that's completely scalable and something everybody can do and start small.
0: Absolutely. And I think um, looking at your teams, your your individual teams, you know whoever's listening to this call, think about your team and how can you build a better environment and better culture for the people on your team? What is it that those people need? Don't think about the bigger organization. Think about your team. Um, And do you have a team purpose? What are you all striving for? Are you all on the same page even? I think that if you start there and start a conversation about these kinds of things, they will grow naturally. Um, So purpose, um, think about, um, I think another thing that I'm seeing a lot right now in organizations, which really scares me, is um, integrity. Um, I'm seeing a lot of lying and covering up and um just
1: misrepresentation is my favorite i think you and i talked about that
0: yep and so calling that out and getting that out of our organizations that is going to solve a lot of problems um because you'll you will lose people in a heartbeat over that kind of stuff So recognizing it and calling it out, not being afraid. One of the big things we talk about in LEAP is to be a leader, you have to be courageous. You have to be willing to put yourself out there and say, we're not doing this. We are not having this conversation or we are having this conversation. Just because it's uncomfortable doesn't mean we're going to avoid it. So courage is a big part of this. So investing if you need to, investing in your own leadership development investing in um, start there, start small, start with yourself and then grow it from there. Um, Tatiana and I are both resources for you. Please feel free to reach out to us um, at any time. And we have wide, wide networks as well of other people that if we can't help you, um, we can probably connect you with someone who can. We have tools in our our, uh, tool belts as well, assessments, um, leadership development programs, coaching. So we're here as a resource for you at all times. We have like three minutes left, Tatiana. How do we want to end this? How would you like to end it?
1: I think we've we covered a lot of ground. I don't want to get in get, go into another tangent about misrepresentation or leadership teams telling stories to themselves and thinking that they are transparent. They're wonderful. It's like a Apple looking in the mirror, and or core of an apple looking in the mirror and seeing a beautiful full apple. So yeah, self perceptions, self awareness, that's important. And one little point that you brought up is that some leaders actually take it upon themselves to invest in themselves by themselves. I'm um, I'm coaching an executive of a large company. He's not getting feedback, and so he, he invested his own money. It's not company money but he wants to get get feedback and coaching. So that's that's a first step sometimes. Right. And I think part of leadership development
0: is recognizing when you need your own leadership development. It's that courage, right? Take having the courage to say, I need help. Reaching out, um, reach out to other leaders in your community and say, hey, what do you do about these things? Bounce mm-hmm. ideas off of people, start collaborating. With other executives and other teams um, near you and create a brain trust. Those are really, really valuable networks to have uh, as leaders. Um, We have two minutes left. So I just wanna say, you know, we started this conversation with the biggest issue is attracting, engaging, and keeping high potentials and leaders in your organizations. And I think. Um, again, if you're going to start somewhere, start with investing in leadership, investing in um, those high potentials. And I, when I say investing, it doesn't necessarily mean money. It really means having conversations Mm -hmm. and building relationships and you don't have to do huge, it's little things like buying someone an airline ticket, right? It's knowing it's get, building those relationships and getting to know your teams And the more you do that, you're then setting an example for other people in your organization to do the same thing. So um, that's the last thing I have to say. Tatiana, any last words?
1: i just say start observing yourself. All too often, we don't pause to reflect and work on ourselves and on our business. So... All of the subsequent interactions, as you hang up from this call and go out there, start observing. Be keenly aware of your interactions with others, with your team, yourself. Are you finding that you're not, you don't know where you stand? Are you finding that you you need feedback? Um, observe how your people interact with each other and um, others in the organization. Just observe. It's a good first step, and then don't assume. Resist the urge to tell yourself a story. Um, take things at face value and then ask, ask questions and start examining. And then, and then decide which, which way you wanna go to continue to pursue your purpose. Thank
0: you for those of you that are, have been listening and watching, we appreciate your time. I hope you found it helpful. Um, if you have questions or want to talk about these things more, Tatiana and I are more than willing to, to talk to you offline. Tatiana, thank you for taking your time today to thank be you, on the call and
1: hopefully we Let's can do it again. again. Maybe we'll fun.
0: <laughs> right. Thanks everyone. Have a great rest of your day. Bye.